0: Lost Talk Radio.
1: <laughs>
0: Have you ever wondered why it's happening again? Welcome to Mindshifters Radio with your co host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma, Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, doctor Michael Rice. I'm your co host Jeannie Rice along with doctor Tim Hayes and we welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, october the second, twenty fifteen. Our call in number is six four 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 To the brightness within you and the
2: truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, doctor Michael Rice. I'm your co host Jeannie Rice along with doctor Tim Hayes and we welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, october the second, twenty fifteen. Our call in number is 200 6 9, press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because then that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael.
3: Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We are honored to be here to join us. Once again, it's Friday, uh, time rolling along, October already. It's starting to get chilly here in Missouri. Brr. Need to put on an ex- needed to put on an extra blanket a couple of nights ago, and now need to put on socks, and it is uh, mm, that time of year. But it is a gorgeous, sunny day here, and uh, we're blessed to be in the Ozarks and, and have this opportunity to share this space with you. Uh, our, our objective is that of building a community that's actually based on functioning out of human life, and human life, we have a simple definition for hold a newborn child. You get to experience what a human life is. You get to experience that awesome active presence of life, love. I could say life too that transforms absolutely everything. That is, takes things beyond the form they are in now. If there's something in your life that is a challenge for you, something in your life that isn't, bringing you delight and aliveness and joy, when you can bring your human life to that, it will transform. Trans meaning to go beyond, form being, of course, the form of things. Because the form of things is always a reflection or an expression of something. Form does not exist independent of thought. And so... Once you recognize that, then you have the opportunity to transform everything. And the master energy of transformation is that of the active presence of love. So we're here to engage in, understand, and put that presence of love to work by engaging in the process of forgiveness. Now, Of course, we live in a culture that tells us I forgive you then everything's okay because you're the one who caused this pain inside of me. And if I believe that, then I've bought a lie and I'm living in denial and I dissociate from a part of my mind that now is the part that I want to change, but I'm not able to change because I think it belongs to you. And every time I go to look at it, it hides from me. And it only shows up when... It follows the words I used to describe what's happening inside of me, and that is, you made me feel this way. And when I believe that you made me feel this way, then I have to hide the part of my mind that made me feel that way. That makes an an unconscious condition within us. We dissociate from that part of our minds, and then wonder why it keeps biting us in the butt. So, we're here to put an end to being bitten in the butt by life and enter into the process of creating consciously, that is, being fully aware of every energy we engage in on every level of our minds. The unconscious mind, or what in the ancient teachings was called heart, is a totally unnatural condition, artificially created by our denial. And first century Aramaic forgiveness is a tool, a how-to, collapse that part of your mind, open to the content that's been hidden, bring the content that's been hidden forward in the presence of love and and the power of community. You The goal here is to create a global community based in love. Interestingly enough, if you go back into the ancient Aramaic language and then you listen to the... Greeks translate some of those ideas, they're a particular set of words that were translated as the kingdom of heaven, like there's some place off in the sky somewhere that, you know, whatever. In Aramaic, those words mean the community of love. That's what we're looking to create right here, right now. Because if I have an issue inside of me, hiding in me that I don't have the power to get a hold of, I don't have the conscious awareness to stay connected to love in the presence of, then what happens is I find myself unable to change that part of my mind. If you're there as a space of support, connected to and building your world out of love, and it doesn't matter where on the planet you are, if you're focused on me and supporting me, then I get a boost in that energy. The physicists are telling us that every molecule in the universe is in continuous communication with every other molecule in the universe. If my molecules, based in hostility or fear, are focused around you, then I'm communicating or sending to you the energy of hostility or fear when I consciously, purposely focus into sending you the active presence of love and I send you an actual measurable energy that can help you to change your life. So that's the whole idea of what we're doing. That's the idea of of the uh, Mind Shifter support groups. You know, we hear from folks, and, and if you've got a support group and you haven't shared with us lately how it's going or what's happening with it, we would love it if you'd push one and share what's happening in your support group, whatever the size of it is. If it's a, if it's a support group of two, then that active presence of love becomes a penetrating force that dissolves the insanity, the fear, the rage, the guilt, the pain that ends up running most people's lives. So we're honored that you're here. Appreciate your presence in the show. And Jeannie, do we have Dr. Tim with us today?
2: We do, and he's on.
3: Well, let's say hello to the young man and see how he is today.
2: I'm doing
4: quite well, thank you.
3: Yeah, and I just kind of thought we need we need to get in touch with Dale and get him back on. You know, we haven't heard from him in almost a year now. Get him back and uh and playing on the show. I know he's working on getting his new book out and uh so things are busy for him, but we'll have to make contact with him at least if I would come back once in a while and say hello.
4: Yeah, at one point I thought I'd heard he was gonna be going to Europe and traveling,
3: but He's talking about that, but I think that's off probably a year to two years down the road. They're planning to uh, to take the whole family and just spend six months or a year traveling Europe, kind of uh, itinerant preacher style. So that would be an interesting journey with, uh, with three kids.
4: Well, at this point, he's uh, just put an email out that his book is, has hit some snags, but they found out about him. And so now by the end of October, he's hoping to have it released officially. So looking forward to that make toning and um, that process for helping us usher ourselves into an experience rather than stay stuck in the logical mind. Uh, uh, as to your last point regarding... Uh, Mind shifter support groups. We had one here in Crystal Lake last night and again I just want to say thank you to all those who participate. We had four people plus me and um we watched the first hour of probably a 1990s version of Why Is This Happening to Me Again. And um and then somebody grudgingly but volunteered to do a worksheet and it was very powerful and um, lots and lots of energy moved and there were two relatively brand new people in the support group so they got a chance to see the worksheet process in action and a lot of energy move and a whole different perspective come up and so I have much gratitude for everybody who participates in those groups and particularly for the people that were there last night and this um, a tremendous release of energy. It, it seemed really appropriate to spend some time doing some rounds of faster EFT tapping to help the person through a stuck point and get some energy to move and then be able to breathe more easily and and then step back and look at the situation and Get a whole different perspective on it, and um, and I, I pointed out to the people in the group that right there at that moment, when this person had the shift, is such a powerful demonstration of the efforts or the effect of the worksheet to change what's going on inside this person. Even though nothing on the outside has changed, none of the people that she was discussing as the trigger the you know, the outside circumstances as the trigger, none of that had changed in the 25 minutes or so that she processed through the worksheet, and yet she felt completely different. She went from fear to sadness. She went through all kinds of energy releases. She saw connections to past and current events, and all with that silly little worksheet process, that silly little reality management wake-up sheet process and she really did wake up to a whole new level of how she was creating energies in her life she didn't really want to keep creating and now she's got the the ability to drop it and to move into creating something much more loving and productive and so my hat's off to everyone who participates in those group and groups and particularly to the people here last night for their love and support
3: It's certainly amazing how effectively the mind can trick us into believing that our feelings are caused by circumstances, isn't it? It's just like mind-boggling how powerfully the mind tricks us into believing that that's what it's all about, and uh, and then to see it collapse is just.
1: Monumental.
4: Well, it's it's a wonderful power, and there's the cellular biologist, Bruce Lipton, who points out that this thing that most of the people in allopathic medicine show disdain for, and they call it the placebo effect. And yet, the placebo effect is the gold standard by which every new drug or treatment must be compared. It must be able to beat the positive benefits of placebo effect in order to get approval by the drug administration. And and so he says, you know what, since it is so powerful that it is the gold standard and every drug treatment has to be proven to be better than the placebo effect, why don't we show it some reverence? Why don't we call it the belief effect? why don't we understand how powerfully our beliefs can affect our physiology, our life experience at every level, rather than poo-pooing it or dismissing it or giving it a derogatory name. And I'm all for that. I'm all for understanding that this belief effect is so strong that since I've been conditioned for, in my case, it was 45 years, of very strong conditioning throughout the culture that things outside of me create my internal experience, well, it's not too surprising that that was the force that actually drove the creation of my experience. And if I learn to harness that force and I learn to develop other skills like observation and the spiritual faculty of choice, I can create an entirely different more loving, more productive, more joyful experience
3: of life. It makes sense to me. Me too. And, you know, uh, my understanding is there are actually drugs out there that uh, that are for sale on the market that did not uh, live up to the standard of the placebo effect, that, that did was not as effective, and yet they're still out there marketing it. And, and when you really look at it, Everybody who believes that their feelings are based on the experience in the external world is stuck in the placebo effect, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, it's running the whole world. If you ask, you know, uh, Mr. Obama why he made his last, you know, condemnatory statement about Putin, whatever, he's going to say, well, because he did this, and I felt really angry when he did that, and, and you know, I mean, it's it's, it's running the whole globe. It's like, wake up, folks. Time for a wake-up sheet. And speaking of wake-up up sheets, I, I assume that Terry and Susan might be listening to the show. I talked to them just about a half an hour ago, and they were coming through Nashville on their way. And Susan, we appreciate you coming up with that uh, that insight to call it the wake-up sheet, because it is definitely what allows us to wake up from the insane content of our minds. By the way, the uh, the hour of the video that you watched, was it the four-hour uh, why is this happening to me again that you watched the first hour of?
4: No, we had that option, but because we had people who were brand new and then we're not sure how much they're going to be in here, we decided on the 1990s version of the okay. two-hour. I have cool. showed, I have shown that here in the Thursday group before, the four-hour one. And um, I really like it, and I will do it again, even though it hasn't had its final editing. I've also shown um, both episodes of the most recent one that you and Dale did, two consecutive nights of two hours each. And then I've shown the What is the World that you did recently. And I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that they all need to be out
3: there and distributed. Definitely. We're on it. We're uh we're moving in that direction as rapidly as we can. And uh one of the uh the things that's happening this weekend is you know, Terry and Susan are on their way and Stuart got here yesterday safely from Colorado and uh Scott is on the road, expected to be here in probably the next three hours or so. And I forget where he was coming from, somewhere out in mountain time. And so we're gathering this weekend to be looking at, uh, we're going to do a Y workshop and we'll be looking at the uh, the dynamics of uh, what's happening at Heartland and uh, Terry as a contractor is going to kind of take over managing projects uh, from a distance to uh, to keep the process of upgrading the property in motion and so that's, uh, that's all coming together really nicely, it's pretty sweet to see how it's happening and Stuart actually as we speak uh, at least this morning I assume that uh, he's listening to the show probably with Jim but uh, he was working on uh, his his skill is um, refinishing buildings so he's going to put a code of preservation on all the buildings at Heartland well, at that's his uh, kind of project his main project so just take all the buildings and make sure they're all sealed up and in great shape for the next millennia so if anybody's close enough and you want to come join us for the weekend give me a call come on and play we'd be honored and delighted to have you come we'll be doing some physical work projects and, uh, and assessment and, and a and A Y workshop to just uh, reinforce uh, it'll be the first time that uh, both scott and uh, Stuart. I've gotten the opportunity to experience that work, workshop live, and I think uh, Matt, who's now working on uh, building Sprouters here for the Heartland Auto Sprout, and his wife, I think, are going to join us for that as well. So we've got a, a busy weekend happening, and then Jeannie on the 14th gets on an airplane and heads to the Poconos to do a, uh, a women's conference, so she'll be back in about a week, and then, uh, then we'll be heading to Florida, so settling in and uh, that's when the serious editing where we've got uh, the time set to re-edit, redo, why is this happening to me again, do some work on the End of Suffering book and uh, Mind Shifter's Keys to the Unconscious and get the final editing done of uh, all that video work that we've been carrying around with us now. So, lot's on the plate. Of course, that's just uh, the immediate stuff in that arena. You know, I've been on the computer with people from Japan today and uh, and uh, from oh where's where's that other young man from the young man who's having challenges with his mom in Nepal. So a conversation going on with someone in Nepal today. Lots lots happening with the work around the globe. And so Jeannie Do you have anybody in the chat room who has a thought or a question for us that we should be aware of, and or anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? Of course, our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you, our call-in number is 646-200-4169. If you call that number and you push one, pushing one, will raise a little hand in the phone queue, and Jeannie will know that you want to talk to us, and we'll get the chat. So, Jeannie, what's happening on your end
2: Yes, to both of those. Um, first, uh, there was some a question in the chat room, and then, yes, we have a hand up. And the really? question is, uh, someone has uh, a loved one who has been diagnosed as being bipolar, and they're taking medication, and they, are, they feel good that they're, you know, being able to function, but they would like to get off of the medication and wanted to know if there was any natural way to do it or natural herbs or anything. Of course, Michelle and I both have been commenting to her and saying, you know, to, they want to be safe when they're trying to come off of medication and don't just drop it and go to natural herbs and things, and to also recognize that even natural um, supplements can counteract with medication, so she definitely needs to to be safe on that. But then some of the things that everybody should do is, you know, like watch their weight and Eat and get good get um, good nutrition and less or no red meats and and um, and things like that. So do you or Doctor Tim or both have anything to add to that to give her some insight as to? And I told her bipolar is also you know opposing goals pulling in different directions. And so of course the number one thing is the reality management
3: um, sheet. Wake up. Wake up from bipolar. Wake up sheet, yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, when you look at uh, the fact that every perception the mind creates, whether it's one of self-deprecation and being down in the dark doldrums or whether it's up being high and I'm the king of the world, each of those things are perceptions. And so all perceptions are driven by goals. And so right up to the extreme of schizophrenia. And if one... Uh, starts looking at and managing their minds and their unconscious goals, as well as their conscious goals, and forgiving, of course, canceling those goals. You start to change the dynamics in the mind that create that those opposing forces within the mind. And and of course, uh, someone will say, "Well, yeah, but we look in their brain and there's chemistry that's off." Yes. Well, when you recognize, as uh, the cell biologist has proven, and Candace Pert. Uh, Former director of brain bio research at the National Mental Institute of Health, what well, Candice Cand- has shared with us, and I say her heart with or her name with a blessing in my heart. She uh, she left her body a couple of years ago. Was a very sweet lady that I'd met a couple of times, and, and loved the forgiveness process, loved the wake up sheet, but um, she she was able to show that thinking creates neuropeptides to land in the cell and create so-called chemistry in the cell. So yes, if one's thinking is off-base, there's going to be chemistry off-base. But you don't correct errant thinking by stuffing um, opposing chemicals into the brain. That's not going to change anybody's thought. So of course that leads into the arena of forgiveness and of course Dr. Tim specialty of of teaching people how to shift their minds and change their minds. So that would be, a, you know, a, a really important piece in the puzzle. I remember a young man came here back, oh, probably 19 or 20 years ago. His aunt had this young man living in her basement. And he was 15 from a very wealthy family, uh, psychiatrist visits, you know, Besides the so-called legal drugs that he was on, he was a pot smoker and was so paranoid and antisocial that he lived in her basement and wouldn't even come upstairs to use the toilet, would defecate in a can. And she sent him here, financed his way here, and he spent nine days doing in her work genius kid very very bright kid and he got it and he started to work with it she contacted me about I don't know if it was six or seven years later and this young man that at 15 was in so much t- trouble you know so much difficulty that he he couldn't function was appointed to the honor guard for the president of the United States change happens Change happens when you take the tools and you start to shift what's happening inside the mind. Dr. Tim, your thoughts in that regard?
4: Well, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that I talk to people about is the idea that a diagnosis is just a word. It's a label. It's like taking a – even when it's really, really accurate – it's it's only about as accurate as um, if somebody were to walk up to you today and take a picture of you with a camera. It's just a snapshot. It doesn't represent everything that you are or everything that you were when you were 5 or 12 years old. It's a a temporary, in-the-moment assessment of you right now and a very shallow one at that. And that's the same way I encourage people to look at every label they've ever gotten in terms of a diagnosis. We as human beings and and animals, whether we're a cat or a cow or a worm, we are not a static event. And so um, I, I wouldn't be in the work I'm in if I didn't believe wholeheartedly, if I didn't have lots and lots of experience with people changing and growing and learning things. So that's the first thing. Whenever anybody comes in, and on a regular basis, I get people who walk into my office with that diagnosis. And some of them are quite depressed because they've been reading and they've been told that this is a lifelong thing and it gets worse over time and there's no way out of it and you're going to have to be on medications the rest of your life. And if you quit taking the medications, your life will deteriorate even faster, et cetera, et cetera. And I just try to have them question that, that any label I get, whether it's bipolar or schizophrenic or depressed or obsessive-compulsive disorder, is nothing more than a snapshot. It's nothing more than a collection of symptoms that have been checked off a list at this moment in time that either people observe me doing in behaviors or that I self-report that I have. And so that's one of the key things. The next thing is everything Michael just said, that the set of tools that Michael's made available and that Michael and Jeannie with their tireless tireless efforts have made available on this website and promote in all of their travels are some of the best tools I've learned in my 41 years of living life and doing therapy, including all of the training I had for a doctorate in clinical psychology to help people make fundamental changes in the way their mind and their body operates, in the way they experience emotions and relationships, physical health, and and integrating into a community. And all of those are key pieces that I try and get people to work with, especially if they come to me with any kind of a serious diagnosis like bipolar disorder or manic depressive. And um, just as Michelle was reported to have said in the, Chat room, um, some of the natural elements, supplements, herbs, roots that people take are very powerful and they can have very strong interactions with other foods and with other medications. Uh, You know, one that pops to mind is St. John's wort. Some people talk about taking St. John's wort for depression. And St. John's wort has some chemical activity that's very similar to the classification of antidepressants called MAOIs. It stands for monoamine oxidase inhibitors. And that class of antidepressant medications isn't used very much because they have such strong side effects, and such strong interactions with certain food groups. Well, a lot of people that take St. John's Wort because they go down to their local health food store or they get a hold of somebody who says, I went to an herbalist once and they told me this is good for depression. They don't learn anything about how it might have very strong negative interactions with certain food groups. And so they take the St. John's wort and then they have nightmares or disrupted sleep or they've got bowel problems or they've got, you know, terrible headaches or muscle cramping and they have no idea that it's related to a food interaction. So, you know, inform yourself and I would, I would recommend that you find somebody who works in the field who is well-educated and willing to work with the alternative techniques and with the actual tools like Dr. Michael Rice presents on his website that help you dismantle your belief system and the mind energy that's actually creating the upset and helps you, as we talked about in the beginning of this radio show, use your mind energy constructively with full awareness that you're making choices from that spiritual faculty that can help you create aliveness, joy, and creativity in your life where you used to create confusion, anger, frustration, sadness and hurt.
3: Yes, and I I would uh, strongly urge anyone coming off especially of any kind of mind altering substance that you do that with the aid of a professional who understands that particular substance. There are some of those out there that if if you come off of them the wrong way you can end up in more trouble than than you were on them. So just just be aware of that and have professional support in it. And Tim when you talk about fundamental changes, is that where the fun comes before the mental? Is that is that the idea of that one? <laughs> yeah, that's where you
4: flip you flip it. It there used to go. be mental torture and it becomes fun and from the mental. Anyway when you when you mention that, uh, Michael, I, I I want if I wasn't clear, I would say exactly what you just said. That I if you were be, if you're being given a medication from a medical doctor, please go to that medical doctor if you want to go off of it, and ask him or her how you need to work to gradually go off of it. There are so many medications out there that when they were first foisted upon, I mean when they were made available to us, <clears throat> we were told they are not addictive, that they are completely safe, that they have almost no side effects, et cetera. And this is in, in in reference to medications in the category of antidepressants and medications in the category of tranquilizers. And to the one that I've ever known, there have been, if not uh, complete overturning of that statement, there have been large groups of people who experience it very differently. And so there are medications which were touted as uh, wonderful antidepressants with you you can't get addicted to it, and there are hardly any side effects. Um, Effexor is one that comes to mind. I've had just a host of people who've been on Effexor. And if or when it comes time for them to go off of it to try a different medication or wean off of it, they have a very difficult time with the negative side effects that they experience when they stop taking it. So please work closely with the medical professional that prescribed it and and or the pharmacist in conjunction with the medical specialist to help you go off of it slow enough and with the support of other nutrients or other substances and other practices
3: so that you do it safely. Absolutely. And uh, I actually just posted a post last night on my Facebook page. And if you're not connecting with me on Facebook, uh, it's jm-ryce. I posted a a link that uh, is laying out how especially the um, mental state of younger people is impacted by the classification of drugs called SSRIs, and uh, this particular video clip goes through each of of at least a dozen different uh, young people who did mass shootings, and every one of them was one of SSRIs. And, you know, and of course the... uh the conversation in the culture and i wonder if this is done purposely because of course if you can take away people's guns and you know they're a whole lot easier to uh, fall under control but uh the conversation really shouldn't be about guns in that in that regard the conversation should be about the drugs that these young people are being put on but nobody's having that conversation in the culture no 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 no, no. the drugs are king and we know what we're doing but the truth is it's uh it's really quite a criminal enterprise and you know, another opportunity to learn forgiveness. When you talk, uh, Doctor Tim, about the snapshot aspect of uh, someone's life when when they get a diagnosis. And I like to break words down, and if you break that word diagnosis down, you've got a dyad, which is two, and agnostic is someone who doesn't know, so now we have a diagnostic to who don't know. And uh, usually if you go to a dozen different diagnosticians, you'll get at least five, six, seven, eight, ten different diagnoses because there's a whole lot of guessing going on. But there's a piece of research that was done a few years ago by a guy named Braun, medical doctor named Braun, B-R-A-U-N, and uh, in particular, the one experiment he did was with a woman who was a multiple personality disorder. That is, she can be Jane at one moment and she's Mary the next and she's Bill the next. And, you know, total different tone of voice, total posture, total appearance, everything shifts. But what was most interesting to me about this particular piece of research, and you, you recognize the power of understanding that was in the ancient scriptures, you know, in the opening words in the book of John, it doesn't say in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh, but rather says in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. Mind energy is key to what happens in physiology. So Bond takes this woman who's got full-blown diabetes. If she doesn't get her insulin, she's dead. They bring her into a lab. They get her all hooked up. They're measuring all of her you know, body responses. And they do a behavior that induces a personality shift. So she shifts out of her normal, you know, if her name is Mary, I don't remember what it was, but her Mary persona functions a certain way and has certain diseases and disorders, and one of them is diabetes. They induce a personality shift. And they can't find a symptom of diabetes in her, quote-unquote, chemical system, in her physiology. If you give this woman insulin, it may kill her. 30 seconds after, without insulin, she'd be dead. What is it that's running this whole energy system that appears as this solid blob of matter, but the active mind energy of the moment? The predominant resin energy literally creates the appearance of chemistry. Now, put that together with what we said about Candace, uh Pert's work, And uh, Bruce Lipton, you think a thought, produces a molecule. A molecule circulates in the structure, attaches itself to a receptor site on a cell, and inserts itself in the cell and shows up in the cell as, quote-unquote, chemistry. Is it chemistry? No. It's just an energetic pattern that comes from the way we think, and it produces what we call chemistry in the cell. When you recognize persona, you know, the meaning of that word is, it's a Greek word that means mask, It's the mask that we put on over ourselves. When we give up, the direct experience of ourselves as the active presence of love. We give it up to a persona that's based in pain, that's based in messages from our power person that's less than love. And when that takes over, our whole physiology shifts into that persona. Most people have a relatively stable persona, so their so-called chemistry would be relatively stable. But in the true multiple when they induce a personality shift, the whole physiological system shifts and changes, snapshots. Now, the reason for explaining all of that is that when I go in and I begin to remove, which is what forgiveness does, when you think forgiveness changed the world's brainwash that forgiveness is about letting somebody else off the hook, Because if you let somebody else off the hook for what's going on inside of you, you just reinforce your persona and everything that's going on within you. When you recognize that forgiveness is how you go in and remove what doesn't belong, then you remove a piece of that which makes up your persona. Now, if you go in there and you once, twice, two, ten, or seventy, seven times, seventy times, remove hatred, when you dissolve hatred, the aspect of your persona that is based in hatred, disappears. And my former partner, Dan McDougald, who's since passed away, worked in the early days with what was called at that time, it was now the Laws of Living course, it was called Emotional Maturity Instruction, worked in the Atlanta prison system. And there was one guy in there who was a... Known killer. He was in there doing, I don't even remember how many life terms he was doing. And while he was in prison, killed another five or six people. This is just this guy's thing. And he ended up in one of Dan's classes and saw how deeply Dan cared for the people that were behind bars with him, including him. And there was a faction that didn't like the fact that people were healing, and they put out a contract, literally a hit contract on Dan to kill him. And this guy who was so uh, enjoyably hooked into murdering people became his protector, took care of him, made sure nobody touched him. Personas change. Now of course if you don't have the tools to change personas, then personas don't change. You're stuck you know, people are stuck in it, that's just the way it is. But that's just not true. And I believe that one of the reasons why they got rid of Yeshua's teaching, you know, I the new book that I'm working on, The End of Suffering, I'm I'm pulling back out of uh, out of the archives to uh, to go to work on. It. And if you want to listen to the first couple of chapters of it, you can go to our website, W H Y Again dot org. And just type in End of Suffering. It'll bring up a link, and there are two recorded chapters of that book that you can listen to. They're free MP3 downloads, where Yeshua starts out and he says, you realize they killed me twice. First they killed my my body, then they killed my teaching. Why did they kill a teaching that shows people how to change their persona and their whole lives? Because somebody doesn't want you to change. If you are a great slave of a power structure, and that power structure back then was called pharisaical, if you were a slave of it, nobody wanted you changing. If somebody comes along taking away all your slaves, you go, hey, wait a minute, buddy, you're out of here, you're dead. That's the real reason they killed him. Because he was showing people how to shift their personas, how to change, how to get free of being slave to the power structure that ran them. Engage in forgiveness. Now, if you haven't done that yet, we invite you to go to our website, www.whyagain.org. And when you get to the homepage, in the middle of the page, you'll see a nice big bullseye, red, white bullseye. might have to scroll down a little bit to find it you click that bullseye, a series of links will open that will walk you through the whole forgiveness process. Here's how you do it. Some part of your persona that you don't like. You find yourself raging in grief, in sadness, in hatred, in vengeance. You need to wake up from those things. Those are energetic dynamics within you that when they go into activity, produce a world of pictures Those pictures are painted on the inside of your eyeballs, but you've been told by the world that you're looking out there. And so when you're enraged, you say, Charlie enraged me. But the truth is, the picture of Charlie is painted out of your rage, and it's on the inside of your eyeballs. And it sends an energy, sprays an energy of rage on Charlie, and Charlie probably doesn't get along very well with you because Charlie doesn't like to be sprayed with that acid of rage. One of my favorite quotes, we talked yesterday about Jung's quotes, Who looks without dreams. The pictures on the inside of our eyeballs are a dream. And when we get stuck in the dream, we think we're looking out there, but we're really looking at something going on inside of us that is changeable. And then the second half of Jung's quote is, Who looks within awakens. That forgiveness reality management wake-up worksheet Is how to drop into the part of your mind that holds something that is perhaps many, many, many generations old and removes it, frees you from it. It's the most awesome technology, most awesome tool on the planet. I am just so honored to get to play with it. And Jeannie just came in and told me that she's got a couple of callers, so let's say hello to her callers.
2: Uh, First one, I believe, is across the streets, probably Stuart and Jim. 417, you're on the air.
1: Yes, it is. Jim here. Hey, welcome, sir. How
3: are you? I haven't seen you yet this morning,
1: but uh, looking forward to joining for lunch. Yes, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, Stuart arrived yesterday, as you've mentioned, and uh, he's going to be in a great, great addition to the team. Uh, quite a guy. And, of course, the rest of them are showing up today. And the uh, thought I had the other day, and I called Matt. Uh, who you already referenced, uh, that building the auto-sprouters. And he is a videographer, and he has agreed to come here on Sunday uh, and do video of uh, testimonials of any of those of us that are here that would like to do that. I wanted to put the idea out there that anybody, anybody else who has benefited tremendously from the work, uh, it's very easy to do a video. You can do it with your cell phone. But if you have an interesting story to tell, you might want to do that, Uh, just a three- to five-minute TOPS video uh, explaining, you know, how you came to the work and uh, and the benefits that accrued from that. And I'd especially like to uh, extend an invitation to Dr. Tim uh, because we have um, somebody who happens to be a psychologist and is just starting to get involved in the work and her practice has been just so-so, uh, and and I think uh, from Dr. Tim, I think she, Dr. Tim would be a great mentor for her. But to start with, uh, a video testimonial from you, Dr. Tim, I think would be invaluable for everybody. And uh, our goal is to uh, put this on Facebook and put it on the website, put them on the website. And uh, so that's my offering for today. Great one,
3: great idea, Jim. And it'd be awesome, Jim, if it uh, if it works for you to do one where you speak as you've you've spoken many times that this is some of the most important work you've uh, seen in 46 years of clinical practice and, and training. And that'd be that'd be cool to have that uh, that people can uh, tap in and and get your thoughts on that and some of your uh, maybe uh, key uh, stories about the, uh, the changes you've seen in people's lives. That would be awesome.
4: Well, I'm certainly willing to explore that and uh, help make it happen.
3: Awesome. Great cool. Okay. And anybody who wants to do that, if you want to just attach your video to a, uh, an email, you can send it to me at mjr, that's my initials, Michael James Rice, mjr187 at com. So you can just attach a video and uh, get it up on the website, make it available. It would be cool. Great thought, Jim. Thank you, sir. Anything else to share? Uh, anything uh, that um,
1: Stuart might want to share with us? Uh, well, he's not in the room with me, uh, so I, I don't know. If he's on, he okay. can press 1. Cool. Cool. All right, sir. Blessings. Thank you. We'll see you at lunch.
3: All right. Great. Bye-bye. Gee, you've got another caller for us.
2: Yes, I do. And the next one's area code five four one. You're on the air. Hi, it's Julie from Ashland, Oregon. And
5: I want to thank you for letting me play with some music yesterday. And uh, that was cool. It was. It was yeah. It's weird though because during that time, um, a little before and a little after, um, that was when this shooting took place here in Oregon. And I found out about it you know an hour later, and um so my mind wanted to make something out of that, and I'm not letting it quite <laughs> but um ah, it's just you know Dr. Tim was speaking prior to that about surrender and and distinguishing between. Just like you were speaking today, Michael, about there's two minds, there's two choices that um, we can choose for love or we can choose for fear and hostility. And um, unfortunately, this person's mind chose for fear and hostility and a lot of people died because of that unconscious driving force that chose, you know, made a decision in his mind for him. And, um, you know, talking today about the drugs and everything, um, it's almost like the drugs just lock that mindset in and can predict that sort of behavior. And, um, you know, I I feel that our culture is planting those seeds just in everything, you know, the movies, the online sites that can, um, you know, make those kinds of suggestions that killing others is a solution. And so I'm really wanting that to heal in myself. I see that somehow there's some darkness still inside me that is allowing, you know, these resonances to, um, well, they're in me. And let's see, all I can do is release and heal from within myself and, it's hard to accept the pictures and the, and the manifestations that um, I guess I'm projecting out there from my own place of unrest. So, as a matter of fact, I guess what I, I also wanted to say, two more things. Um, there's a movie that I just want, saw recently uh, called hold, hold Love and Mercy.
3: Hello? Yeah? Hold for just a second. Just a, right. just a thought before we move on to another topic based on what you just uh-huh. said mm-hmm. and and that is that what I would invite you and everyone who's listening to do is to recognize that we've all been brainwashed with a belief that vengeance works, that mm-hmm. vengeance you know it's even been called sweet vengeance, that vengeance would get us somewhere and and we each and I'm speaking from experience because. I, you know, one of the stimulants that I use is movies. And and there are times when I find myself just, you know, rooting for the guy who's about to pull the trigger and say, yeah, get that. And, And I have to catch my own mind and look at the mind energy and the beliefs that I hold that vengeance works and could possibly get what we want. But that's so deeply embedded in the culture. I mean, you listen to... You know, um, a case where, say, a murder has taken place and, and oftentimes the family, fortunately there are more and more people coming forward saying, no, we're going to change this dynamic and, yes, I had a family member killed and I want to hold this person in a blessing and and apply forgiveness. And we see cases where you know, uh, perpetrators of crimes and those whose families have suffered as a result of it end up becoming friends and and caring for and, and bringing healing to each other. But to just look at how huge, you know, what, what do we hear so often? Yeah, when well, the family went and they testified and they said, you know, kill the bastard. You know, just take it out on him. Like, like that's going to benefit somebody And recognizing how this energy system works and that, Every energy that we engage in intensifies and increases the impact of that energy. And when we do vengeance, you know, if you look at these murders that take place, well, what's somebody doing? Well, you know, the school kid says, they, you know, my friends dissed me or they bullied me, so I got my vengeance. And it, it's such a deep deep piece of work to do. It's been going on for so many generations that somehow, you know, that code of so-called justice that says vengeance is, I mean, we even put the words, the scriptures, uh, you know, those who made up the insane part of the scriptures, the ones based in hostility or fear, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Creator. It's like like there's something beneficial about it. That's how deep the brainwash is. So I invite you to start looking at situations where you find yourself thinking vengeance would be useful and really start applying the wake-up sheet and wake up from vengeance and mm. let vengeance be removed. That's, that's, I think, such a huge, deep, important piece of work to be done on the planet, and I invite everybody to participate in that one.
5: Well, thank you. Because I didn't know how to form my question. Um, as a matter of fact, yesterday, prior to the shooting, my I, I recently have been, um I belong to a newly forming community rights group that is wanting to learn our democratic skills and structures so as to write laws from the bottom up instead of the top down. And there are some classes in that, and there is a class in Roseburg this weekend, and we were planning to go up, and so it's it's just kind of coincidental. But the message you just gave about vengeance is one of the things I've really been wanting to heal from all of our minds before we go forward to write new laws and to really have a true voice heard for the people and of the people, and basically beyond the people, <laughs> we need to listen. So so that probably is a healing that will be taking place this weekend, at least in our carpool. Yeah,
3: okay, and I'm maybe it's something I'm- you could present. Perhaps it's something you could present uh, at this forum and that we need to start opening a space instead of penance, instead of a, a, a so called justice system based on penance and the penal system, that we actually base it on healing and and yes, there are people who need to be removed from the community because they're a danger to the community, but they don't need to be beaten up for what they've done. They need to be put into a space of healing. The reason they're beating up on other people is because they've been beat up on And, and beating up on them won't help or, or increase or improve anything for anybody. So so I'd support you being able to, uh, to have that voice and bring that forward because it, it's such a deep belief. I, I posted another post on my Facebook page yesterday that, the estimates from a couple of research groups, um, one of them being Physicians for Social Responsibility, are that since 9-11, the vengeance over 3,000 lives lost. The estimates run as high as 8 million people dead In the Middle East, 8 million people. Is it any wonder a rageful group like ISIS forms? 8 million people and millions of those 8 million are women and children.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Do you think somebody might feel justified in their vengeance and lopping off somebody else's head? I can sure understand it. And more of the same isn't going to change anything. What's going to change things is the process of forgiveness mm-hmm. and reconciliation okay. and healing. You know, there's a powerful video out there that really opens a space for that rec- um, reconciliation and healing. And uh, uh, what's his name in South Africa? Um, mm-hmm. What was the name of oh, that, um, uh, that film? In prison? Um, well, when he came out and became... Mandela? Familiar. Mandela. Mandela. Yeah? Watch Mandela. Yeah. Powerful man coming forward after 20-some years in a you know an 8 by 10 prison cell. I mean, they take you into the cell he was actually in. Powerful to see how that man came out with a different mind. And when his countrymen wanted to take vengeance, he was the one who stopped it. I mean, he was one of the most abused of all of them, and yet he's the one who stopped it.
5: You're cutting out. Created
3: a space of healing. No, I'm being silent for a moment there. And created a space of healing and support and love instead of vengeance.
5: We need that kind of
3: mind to lead us. And so watch Mandela this weekend, and on Monday, let's continue this conversation. In the meantime, we're okay. at the end of our time together, so I'm going to have to close the show. But please call in early, and let's continue the conversation. Much appreciation to everybody. If this show's been meaningful to you, pass it on to somebody else It's in the archives. Listen to it again, and bring a straight to the show on Monday. In the meantime, create the best of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world blessings.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. That's www w h y a g a i n dot com be love and continuously, evolving, continuously.